somewhere in this building, but I don't know where. So uh, I'm glad I've got my phone in my back pocket uh, and we'll be able to roll from that here in just a second. It's amazing what well, last Sunday being in Denver, Colorado, and it being 60 degrees, how nice that was compared to whatever we've got out there today with ice. Uh, so, you know, it just happens sometimes. This morning I want you to think about, if you've been here before, you know I'm, I'm slightly a little different. Uh, I'm not your normal guy. I, I don't know why that is, but that is the way it is. <laughs> and sometimes I'm a little timid to say what I'm going to say. Today is not one of those days that I am timid at all to say what I'm going to say. It's something that I feel pretty confident about and feel pretty good about as we think about Types of people, specifically a type of person. Now, we have groups like, go back to your high school days or your middle school days, and maybe even your college days, but there were cliques, right? You had the nerds, you had the jocks, you had the stoners, you had, you've got all of these different groups, and they hung around people that were like themselves, right? And so you're like, man, that person doesn't really belong there. And you get the idea that they are together, they are clumped up. Well, this year, as we are talking about Jesus' view of His church, when He says, in my church, I would suggest to you that there is a type of person that is in His church. And now, I'm going to use other words this morning that our society likes to use to say that we are not. And I would suggest to you that we should be more of these things that the world says we are not. Uh, and I hope that will make sense. i got three qualities this morning that we'll be talking about, about me as a person. I don't want you to think about us. This is about me as a member of Jesus' church. You got that? Me. Not us. Not them. Me. First is, you got to be a good listener. When you sit back and you think about it, how many of us would classify ourselves as good listeners? I'm not talking about spiritually speaking. I'm talking about in general. Boss tells you to do something. One ear, out the other. Mom tells me to do a chore. One ear, out the other. Wife tells me I need to do something after work. One ear, out the other. Right? See, our good listeners, they go in both ears and stay. Maybe there are some of you who are really good at listening. I would say, as a general rule, our society is not good. We don't pay attention to what is being said. And I want you to notice how often the Bible talks about having to be good listeners. I want you to open up to Mark, the fourth chapter. In Mark, the fourth chapter, we have Mark's recording and Mark's story of the beginning of parables. And we see parables and we think about parables very often, but Jesus, I want you to notice the very first parable 
that he tells. I want you to notice the first word out of his mouth. Listen. When the teacher says, hey, listen up, right? What did the student's ears do? Why? Because they're afraid it's going to be on a test. Teacher wants you to know it's important. He says, listen. And he tells the story. He tells the parable. Behold, a sower went out to sow. And he sowed and some seed fell. And most of us in this audience know that particular parable. But the disciples, when they finished hearing the story, they asked him in private, so what does that mean? Because guess what? If Jesus didn't explain it for us, we'd kind of be in the same boat as they are. What do you mean the guy went out to sow seed and it fell in all this different soil and some of them brought fruit and some of them didn't? Like, what's the point, Jesus? And Jesus would use another phrase as he would close out these parables, verse 9. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. We know that principle. Like Jesus is saying, listen up. Use your ears. Be an attentive, a good listener. We know that from another very popular Bible passage. Consider Matthew chapter 5. In the Sermon on the Mount, actually chapter 7 of the Sermon on the Mount, whereas we're little kids and we learn to sing, the wise man built his house on the rock, right? And the foolish man built his house on the sand. And you remember what the wise man represents in verse 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And he who hears these words of mine and does not do them, it's like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. When the storm comes, it's done. And great is his fall. We understand that Jesus is saying, you better listen to me. You better listen up to what I have to say. But I would also bring to your attention a very familiar Bible passage that you might not have ever connected with listening before. And that would be if I asked you, what's the greatest command? You would know the answer to that, right? I want you to notice how Mark records that in Mark chapter 6. In Mark's Gospel, Mark chapter 6, as we are learning about the greatest command, excuse me, Mark chapter 12, I'll get my passages right one of these days here, but Mark chapter 12, it's a good thing my PowerPoint is working and uh, I can use my regular old digital Bible. So 12 and verse 29, as he's being asked the question, what's the, most, the, the greatest commandment of all? Verse 29, Jesus says, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. You and I, when we're asked what's the greatest commandment, we don't throw in the, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Jesus does. Now I want you to think back to that from the Old Testament. How many times have you been reading through Deuteronomy? As Moses is speaking to the people about what is going to happen when they go into the land of Canaan, how many times does he say, listen? How many times does he say, hear? It is everywhere, and in this greatest commandment that people were supposed to recognize was the whole purpose. Love God. Love your neighbor. He says, hear, O Israel. 
I don't know about you, but sometimes it's hard to stop and listen. We get so wrapped up. Somebody is talking about something or I'm reading something and I'm skimming it. So a teacher asks a question in class, Bible class, right? This is almost invariable. People look down at their Bible and they say the first word that jumps on the page. We don't read. We don't pay attention to the details. And what Jesus is expecting of us is that we pay close attention. That we don't just kind of hear what we want to hear and hear some of it, but yet we hear very closely. And so the passage that Everton just read for us is not necessarily about hearing closely. But when Jesus sends his apostles out in that limited commission where he only sends them out to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, he sends them out. They got no food, they got no clothes but what's on their back, they got no money bag, they got nothing but what's on them. And I want you to notice again what it said there in Mark chapter 6, or Luke chapter, Mark chapter 6. If they do not listen to you, shake the dust off your feet as a sign. When they go into these different places, what Jesus is expecting is that not only do they hear what you say, but they take it in. That's the idea of listening. It's not just you sit there and you nod your head, but you process what is going on. He who hears these words of mine and does them. That's the idea of being a good listener. I can listen to you say things all day long, and you can listen to me say things all day long, and I won't interrupt you. And you won't interrupt me. And we can be very cordial and very civil. But if I don't actually or pay attention to what you said, I wasn't a good listener. I was a good sounding board. You just got to say what you wanted to say. And it's up to me, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So I want you to think for a second. Can you think of any good listeners in Scripture? Examples of people that are good listeners. They heard, they paid attention. Some of you ladies, you definitely studied some on uh, Friday night. Consider Luke, the 10th chapter, with Mary. At the end of the chapter of the book of, uh, of chapter 10, Jesus went into a city. And we learn that he goes into the house of Mary and Martha. And you'll probably remember what Jesus is doing in verse 39. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and did what? Listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. I want you to think about that. One is seated at the feet and one is distracted. How many times could you say while sitting in this audience... Or reading your scriptures at home, you would be described as being distracted by the servant. That's me. I got all these other things on my mind. Yeah, I'm reading my Bible. And yeah, I'm studying my Bible. But I'm not listening to God. I'm distracted by all of this other stuff that needs to be done. And that's what Jesus said. 
This stuff does need to be done, Martha. But notice what she said. And notice how usually that, that happens. People aren't so happy when they make you look bad. They listen. Another employee listens to what the boss said. Uh-huh. Well, look at all of this. But Martha's like, man, i got stuff to do. Why isn't Mary helping me? And she says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Does that not bother you at all, Jesus? She's sitting there like a knot on the log. And I'm sitting here and I am working like crazy for you. And I think I'd be like, well, thanks, Martha. I really appreciate that. The Lord didn't say that. Martha. Martha. You're anxious and you're troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. I want to connect that will not be taken away from her with the parable of the sower. Sower went out to sow some seed. And the first bit of seed fell on the wayside, didn't it? And what came along? A bird came along and took that seed right out. And we learned that the devil is responsible for that. The devil came and snatched it away. I want you to think about some other things that Jesus has said. To whom much is given, much is required. And if you don't use it, you'll lose it. The parables, right? The one guy, he had the one talent. He went and he hid it. He said, what even he has will be taken away and given to another. What he's saying about Mary is just the opposite of that. She is seated at the feet of the Lord, listening to his teaching, and that's not being taken away from her. She is going to hold on to those words. She is going to be allowed to sit there because that is what is necessary. And that's you, that's me. Be listening instead of distracted by all these things. Listen to what he says. Or you think about the people in Antioch of Pisidia in Acts the 13th chapter. And they had a great desire to hear Paul and Barnabas. And I'll just point out a couple of things. I won't read that whole story there. But as you go down to verse 40 of Acts the 13th chapter, there is a warning that Paul gives them at the end of his sermon. He says, beware, lest what is said about you and the prophets come about. Look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish, for I'm doing a work in your days, a work that you will not believe. And notice this last phrase, even if anyone tells you. I never really thought about that particular phrase in the way that I am right now until I was thinking of this lesson. Somebody is telling you what is the truth, and you won't even believe it. You won't listen to them. You won't give them the time of day to pay attention, but notice that was not most of them, verse 42. Because as they went out, the people begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. And after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who, as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of the Lord. You see, in that group in Antioch, there were people who wanted...
wanted to hear what the Lord had to say. So the next Sabbath, nearly the whole city was gathered to hear the word of the Lord. But some of the Jews were jealous. And they stirred up a problem and all these different things. And Peter, Paul says, I've got to go to the Gentiles. I've got to turn to somebody else. And so I want you to notice how the Gentiles respond in 48. The Gentiles heard this. They began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. You see, in that region, they were wanting the word of the Lord. They were willing to listen to the word of the Lord. And so we find that many of those disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. That's the way it should be. And then obviously in Acts the 16th chapter, a statement that is made of Lydia, she paid attention or she attended to the things which we spoke. If you've ever spoken to an audience before and you have an audience of attentive listeners and an audience of in and out listeners, and an audience of disinterested listeners, you can usually tell it pretty quickly. And you really appreciate when someone's listening. Imagine you're Jesus for a second. And you are teaching, and you are telling the people what they need to hear. And in the audience, someone's thinking, I need to get my inheritance settled, and Jesus is the guy to do. Or, I need to go and work with my animals. Or, I need to go and see my land that I just bought. And we're thinking about all these other things. And we're not listening. Jesus is saying, my people, listen carefully. You got that? Here's the second quality that we have. So, not only do we listen carefully. But we have to be open-minded. That's what a lot of the world says we are not. The world would say we're very closed-minded. And I would actually venture to say they might be correct about that. They wouldn't mean it in the same way that I would. They would mean we're closed-minded because women are not allowed to be up in the pulpit. Homosexuals are not allowed to teach or to preach or to do those types of things. And they'd say that's very closed-minded. Well, I would say that sometimes we're closed-minded because we aren't willing to listen to new things. If that's not the way I've always heard it, go ahead and toss that thing right on out the window. And what we have to understand is that Jesus' people are open-minded. Consider that from the horse's mouth directly. Look at Matthew chapter 5. A statement is repeated over and over and over in Matthew chapter 5, and I'm just going to point out one of them. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 21, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, but I say to you. I think it's five different times or six different times in the rest of this chapter. You have heard that it was said, but I say to you. What 
is he telling them to do? Open your mind. Listen to what I've got to say. And they would say, well, who gives you credibility? If you're saying this about yourself, you're a liar, John 5. He said, come on. John bore witness of it. The Father bore witness of it. The miracles bear witness of me. Moses bears witness of me. I'm not just up here making this stuff up. There is proof. You just have to open your mind to listen to what I have to say. But were most people willing to listen to something that they had never heard before? And I would suggest to us that that is a real temptation. That if we never heard it, it can't be true. Well, I want you to see if that works in Thessalonians. I want you to go to the first Thessalonians chapter 5. We often talk about 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. Pray without ceasing. Absolutely. Always pray. Rejoice. All of these different things. Verse 19. Giving thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God for Christ Jesus in you. Now notice verse 19. Do not quench the Spirit. What does it mean to quench your thirst? Put a stop to it. What does he say, don't you dare stop? Don't stop the Spirit of God. Don't quench the Spirit. Don't put it out. What's he connect that to? Don't despise prophecies. What's it mean when you despise something? You look down on it. You don't give it any regard whatsoever. He says, don't disregard, don't despise prophecies. A message from God. But rather do what? Verse 21. But test everything. Like just because something is new, don't stomp it out right away. Test it. See if it is as he says here. Test everything. Hold fast to what is good. And abstain from every form of evil. If it's good, hold on to it. If it's bad, abstain from it. But don't put it out just because it's new. Test it. Find out, is that the case? And so as Jesus would be talking about a light has shone, who do you make yourself out to be? They knew he was making himself out to be the Messiah. But they weren't going back and they weren't thinking about the Scriptures. They were only seeing Him for what they thought He was. They were putting it right out. This man is casting out these demons by the Spirit of Beelzebub. If I cast these demons out by the Spirit of Beelzebub, who do your sons cast them out by? The answer is the same one. Sons, uh, hey, don't, don't, just because it's new, you don't listen to it. But as we see in 1 John chapter 4, another passage that says basically the exact same thing. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. He's not saying don't listen to anything new. He's saying you listen, but you test it. You put it up to see, is this from God? Because notice verse 5. They're from the world. They speak from the world. And the world listens to them. 
If you have a worldly concept and a worldly mindset, you're going to listen to what the world has to say. But verse 6, we're from God. Whoever listens, whoever knows God, listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. That's just the way it is. Who I associate with the most in my thinking and in my... That's who I'm going to listen to. And Jesus would say there in John chapter 10, My sheep know my voice and they follow. They listen. They hear. And sometimes what is said is different than what I've always thought. And that's okay. Because I can be wrong. I've just got to make sure that it's right. And so I'm sure we can think of people who tested, who had open minds. The Bereans in Acts chapter 17. As Paul was speaking to them, these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. That group that was told, don't quench the Spirit, but test everything. They weren't testing everything. They were taking it right on the surface and either stomping it out or taking it hook, line, and sinker. He's saying test it. Put it together. The Bereans, they, and how was it that they tested it? They searched the Scriptures daily to see if the things that were said were so were true. I must be honest, and I think I said this Wednesday night in class. If I knew the Apostle Paul walked into this building and he began to preach, I'm probably not check fact, fact checking him like I would Michael or some 18-year-old kid getting up to preach a sermon. I would take Paul for what he said, not the Bereans. They took God for what he said and said, does that match what Paul said? I'm telling you, that is a different type of person than I am most of the time. But Jesus is saying, that's my type of people. Or you think about the Thessalonians. Yeah, they had their problems, but they had received the Word of God as it was the Word of God and not the Word of men. When they learned that they needed to turn from vain idols to the living God, they did it even though their entire life had been serving those vain idols they listened. But the people in Jesus' hometown, they didn't get it. They wouldn't listen to Him. They weren't open-minded. Is this not Joseph's son? Are not his brothers and his sister so-and-so? Where does he get this wisdom from? Instead of just taking it for what he said, they couldn't listen because where could this guy get this from? And so they weren't open to what he had to say. They were very closed. And so a prophet is not without honor, except in his own town. Because a lot of times your own people won't open up their minds to see you any differently than they've always seen. That's the way it is. Or the Jews in Acts 21, they listened to Paul give a defense about himself. Up unto the word, he said that he was sent to the Gentiles. And at that point, when he said, I'm being sent to the Gentiles, they got angry. 
they threw off their coats and they started flinging dust. And then they tackled him. Trying to kill him. And the Roman guard came and saved him. We listened up to a point. And then when you cross that line, I'm done with you. When the truth was what he was saying all the time was true. It just didn't fit what they wanted to hear. And as Christians, we have to be open to new things. But we don't just swallow them hook, line, and sinker. We test them to see, is this truly Scripture? I guess it's the third quality, very quickly. The third quality is that you are possessive of what you hear and what you've gone to take into your mind. You don't let it go. And I'm drawing your attention to a couple passages that are, that are well known to you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 21, the one we just said. Test the spirits, right? Hold fast to that which is good. Don't let the good go away. Don't let the devil take that from you. Don't let some false teacher steal that from you. You hold fast to it. Consider the proverb. Proverb 23 and 23. Buy truth and do not sell it. Like, man, do whatever it takes to get it, and when you get it, don't give it up. It is valuable to you. It is precious to you. And so the psalmist in 119, he says of the Word of God, I have stored your word in my heart. And our translations vary on that. Some say I have hidden your word. Some say I have treasured. And the idea is you've hidden a treasure. And so that's why he says he stored it up. It is valuable to him. It is of great worth to him. He has stored it up in his heart. And he says why? So that I may not sin against you. Like, I want to listen to God's Word, and I want to hold on to God's Word because I don't want to sin against God. But I wonder, too often in my life, the reason I listen to God is because I want to give a good sermon. Do I listen to God because I want to make everyone happy, I want to keep my family happy, I want to keep my friends happy? Or do I want to know what God says because I don't want to sin against God? And that's what... The psalmist is saying, and we close with this thought. In Ephesians 4, so we all grow up and we all attain the unity of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then there's a phrase. Not being tossed about by every wind of doctrine. Say, what's that got to do with possession? Truth is, you're not going every which way. You're listening to everything, and you're listening to everything closely. And you're open to whatever the truth is. But you don't just go with everything that comes about. You don't hear something, yeah, that's the way it was, and that one, and that one. You make sure it's all right. And you don't easily go back and forth, back and forth, Michael's word, vacillating. You don't. Because the more you know, the more you study, the more you listen the less you start changing. And the more grounded and rooted you become. But that all starts with being a good listener. 
It all starts with being open-minded to maybe I'm not understanding this correctly or maybe I'm wrong. And it sticks with not giving it up easily. But when it is true and when it is right, I give it up. Because that's what Jesus wants in His church. People that listen. People that think. And people that hold on to what He has to say. I'm going to try to be more like that this year. And maybe you will as well. This morning's not been a lesson about becoming a Christian, but it's been about how we can be better Christians and how we ought to be what God wants us to be. But if you're ready to be baptized into Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, or you need the prayers of the congregation here in any way, why don't you come and uh, we'll deal with that this time.